187 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, we're, we're one number late to our uh, short today. That's okay. Uh, Robert has some other stuff to come up, but we got Katie here. Katie, Katie will be here the whole show. She won't have to leave and go get our kid because it's on Tuesday. So Next week I won't. Maybe. And maybe late next week. Okay. You're here this week. I'm here this week. This week he got me for the duration. So, we had not got sponsor Sounds stuff. Sounds super congested though. I don't know. I don't know either. It's because I didn't take a nap today. <laughs> All right, if you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit LSReptileRacks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. I just got a notice for uh, for our buddy Chris Eaton's podcast, which is currently live right now as well. Oh, yeah? So if you're watching us and not Chris Eaton's, Good choice. He sucks. Uh, I'm just kidding. Whatever. Speaking of Chris Eaton, uh, if you would like to help out Chris Eaton, if you've ever listened to Snakes and the Fat Man, you've heard him on our podcast a few times. We do have stickers available of, of little pirate Chris Eaton with his peg leg. Because, I went to the post office today and mailed a bunch. Because Chris, uh, if you don't know, uh, he had some illnesses, had to, had to lose a leg. So he's now one leg short. So you can buy one of those stickers and all the proceeds from those stickers will go to Chris to help him buy things like... Uh, you know the thing you put on your toilet that lets you lift yourself up because you only have one leg now? Because you don't need one of those because you can't get it from the toilet by himself now. The bars that help you? Well, yeah, that one that goes around it. Oh, right, okay. he has that lifted toilet seat. So you get the lifted toilet seat. I don't know if a one-leg person needs a lifted toilet seat. You know, it's got the extra padding. Why is that the first thing you think of? Because people poop. <laughs> okay. Uh, or he's going to have a thing in the shower for him to sit on because he's only got one leg now. It's called a chair. <laughs> yeah, but it's a special like shower chair. He's not just throwing it's a, just a he's, not, chair. he's not just throwing a folding they chair don't in there. Make a special shower chair he's just because you only have he's one. He's not leg. taking a metal folding chair. We still got to buy one. Oh my god. Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So, so check out on a, on the Reptile Gumbo Podcast Facebook page, uh, and you can order a sticker. It'll help him get his pooping chair and his shower chair. Because oh Chris needs a pooping chair. So check out Chris. <sighs> help him out. The sticker picture. The sticker's on there. Order one today. Uh, also. Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, isopods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeder in- feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. Check them out. Get your rodents from them, especially if you're in Texas. Get some. But they're going to start shipping soon. I need to, uh, I need to thaw some rodents out in the freezer. Okay. I need to feed. I need to feed my rubber boas a bunch right now because before I put them into the fridge. I haven't even thought about that. We had such a hot summer that I haven't even oh, thought. Oh, it's time for that again, isn't it? Yeah, but I haven't even thought yeah. about putting them down because it's been so warm. It's my least favorite time of the year. I've been good. It was only the first year I was bad. You you have gotten better. I just throw them in there and ignore Although, last year I lost one when they came out of brumation. I lost one of my, my little males. So, hopefully this year goes well. But... Uh, also, Herps Reptile Shows. Let's check out the Herps Reptile Show dates. This weekend, October 21st through 22nd, is Waco, Texas. So if you want to head out to Waco, Texas. If you're over in Louisiana, we're coming over there November 4th and November 5th to Lake Charles, Louisiana. What does that look for? Well, you are. Well, we as a collective Herps, we. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm like, I don't know yet. But yes, I'm going. I might be. I'm, I don't know yet. I'm going. 
Sucks for you. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> also, back to Louisiana and North Louisiana, West Monroe is going to be November 18th, November 19th. Then out over to Austin, Texas, December 2nd, December 3rd. We may try and make it to that one. We'll see. Uh, go see our friend Corey Martin. Then back to Louisiana, December 9th, December 10th for the Big Slide L Show. Then up to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, January 13th and 14th. We won't be there because that's in Oklahoma. Then over to Longview, Texas, January 20th and 21st. And then my birthday weekend back in Conroe, January 27th and 28th. We will be there for Conroe. Because mm-hmm. my birthday weekend. It's going to be crazy busy. Is it? I have like seven other obligations that weekend. Sucks for those people. <sighs> no, it just means I'm going to be in seven other places that weekend. I don't know if you know this, but uh, that's not physically possible. I know. So you're going to have to choose one. I'm going to choose it's my birthday. You, it's my birthday. I'll spend your birthday with you. I'm I'm more special than everyone else. Sure. Anyways, <laughs> so check out the Herp shows. Uh, again, go check out, get a sticker from us to help out our buddy Chris Eaton. I mean, he's got one leg, guys. He's He can't win an ass-kicking contest, I can tell you that. He's, <laughs> you got to help him out. He can't hear right now. He's doing a podcast. He has no <sighs> idea what I'm saying. And you know he's not going to back and listen to this. So, uh, But come buy a sticker from him. It's uh, how much, Katie? They're $5 a piece. And then shipping is determined by how many stickers you get. Yeah, but shipping's not much. So Mm-mm. get a sticker. Uh, get some stickers. Just slap them around places around town, wherever you live. Just put Pirate Chris wherever you live. Be hilarious. I don't think that's legal. I mean, it's not not legal. Why don't we bring our guest in? Anyways. <laughs> uh, try to think. Oh, also, if you, if you want stickers, you can always contact me. I, I make stickers and sell stickers, and there's no minimum order, and I'm... I need to make some money. So feel free to buy stickers from me. If you're starting a reptile business and you need stickers for your logo, just uh, I'll make you some stickers. Contact us for pricing. Katie will tell you all the pricing. I was about to say, contact Katie for pricing. And see anal side exotics said it's only illegal if you get caught. Mm-hmm. Which is not technically true. It's still Things are still illegal if you don't get caught. True. Uh, like, you can't stab somebody. It's still illegal. God. What? You can't, Katie. I mean, I agree. I can't. Make sure. I thought we were on different pages. I didn't know you. Th- I thought you were... <laughs> You can't stab people. All right, Katie, your guest, you get to introduce them. I'm bringing them in. Hold on one second. So I, I met this guest at a Herp show, actually. That is true. Uh, I Robert, met him too. Well, Robert was like, you have to go talk to this vendor. Uh, her name is Jessica Anderson, Jessica Lee Anderson, and she is an author. She writes children's books. The main character is all about snakes, and she's a super awesome girl. Good intro. I know. I don't normally do the intros. I apologize. Yeah, but you should probably like say hi. You just kind of said the. <laughs> Tell us hi, Jessica. <laughs> I am so glad to be here tonight. Thank you all so much for having me. I appreciate it. And it was a pleasure to meet you guys then and to be on the show tonight. So thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. As any of our listeners know, I don't read. I know. You're missing out. They're great. It's, books. it's a choice. It's like, I thought I can't read. I just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it's good Is enough. Is that what people think? No. Oh. Just making sure that I clarify before people are like, oh, that poor guy can't read. No. I can read. It's just if it's a good enough book, it becomes a movie. Who knows? This could become a kid series one day. Also, I'm just throwing this out there. It's definitely well written enough. Before I think. anybody comments when I go, well, the books are better than movies, I would know. I didn't read the book, and the movie is shorter. <sighs> what? Sometimes. This is true. Some of the books they make into two movies, and it's just ridiculous. It's still shorter to watch Lord of the Rings than me trying to read Lord of the Rings. That have been made, <laughs> books that have been made into movies. Your kid is on me about watching the Hunger Games trilogy with her because she finished reading the books, and I told her as soon as she finished reading the books, we'd watch the movies. All right, watch the movies. I don't have to read the books. 
You should rewatch them with her. I don't know that my stomach can handle all the tension. You know it's fake, right? I know, but it still stresses me out. It's not real. Those actors are in other movies. You've seen them in other things. I read that book series in three days. I devoured it too. A she, a Joe was like less than a year old. And I like it just hit different as a mom. And I, ugh, ugh, my stomach was in knots for three days reading those books. But you know whose books don't put your stomachs in knots? The Naomi Nash series. <laughs> Ask There's questions. tension, but not not to the extent, you know, it's not like Katniss has to, you know, go and volunteer to be tribute or anything like that. Right. So tell us a little bit about the Naomi Nash series. Yeah. Um, so this is the first one in the series. They can be read in any order, but this is how I kind of wrote them. So the... Book, um, first book is called Saving Snakes. And so my main character, Naomi Nash, her mom's an exotic veterinarian, and she has aspirations to be like her mom. And she's really kind of distraught to find out how many people in the neighborhood have this idea that the only snake that's a good snake is a dead snake. And a lot of snakes really just find themselves in precarious situations. And she wants to change the way people think about snakes and also wants to save the lives of snakes. Um, and I got that idea um, at the time. I, this is kind of strange, but I used to be terrified of snakes. As a kid, I was enamored by them. I loved being outdoors. My brother and I would come across, we came across a rattlesnake and a cotton mouth. We just watched from a distance and I was fascinated. But fast forward until when I was a young adult and my niece had a freak encounter. She was picking up this kind of cinder block. And it had already been tossed around a couple of times. And unbeknownst to her, there was a little baby rattlesnake coiled inside and it reached out and it struck her. And so she was on, um, you know, I don't know how many vials of antivenom, you know, at one point we weren't sure if she was going to make it, if she was going to lose her hand, if she was going to lose her finger. Remarkably, she pulled through and was fine. But, you know, that curiosity I had as a kid just kind of diminished. And, you know, I would kind of inspect everything. And then, you know, the more you don't know, the more fears can creep in. And so I started learning more about snakes to kind of help me get over that personal fear. And that, I guess, curiosity ended up morphing into fascination. And so I joined several different snake ID groups. And, you know, I have a, a daughter. She's now 10. But at the time she was eight, we had gone to this kind of this creek um, bed. And while we were there, we saw uh, three different water snakes and you know, two of them were diamondback water snakes and the other one was the plate bellied water snake. And within like two minutes of posting pictures, we had all this information from the snake ID group. And my daughter was there with her best friend and the girls were just geeking out. And that's when seeds were kind of planting, you know, um, to kind of start thinking about the series, um, you know, just kind of getting inspiration from, from real life. It's, it's interesting to see someone that's not a reptile person got into writing books about reptiles. And now I'm a reptile person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a converted reptile person, you know, but um, it, what's been great is like having written these book, I, books, I reached out to a lot of reptile people because I think one of the things that frustrates a lot of people is that, you know, when there's information that's incorrect in a book, um, you know, I, I've had, you know, different nonfiction books that I've written. And this, this one came out when I was just really getting fascinated with snakes and this is all about fangs, not just snake fangs, but I'd say about 80% of the book is dedicated to snake fangs and the other ones are just, you know, other animal fangs. And, you know, I really wanted to accurately represent because nothing is more frustrating than when you're reading a book and you're like, that's not, you know, 
what they do and, you know, the, and a big thing that always kind of comes up with some of the kids, you know, is in the Harry Potter books, you know, there's this snake that looks like a python that has fangs. The snake has like eyes that blink. So there's a lot of things that are just kind of inaccurate. So I wanted to make sure to get that. So I worked with a lot of snake experts um, to try to get the information as, and, and slowly as I was working with all these different snake experts, you know, I, I got to hold, you know, and experience all kinds of different snakes and, um, to the point now that we have a little pet snake. Um, well, it's technically not, it's our foster snake until my husband says yes. Um, you know, it's snake? not that he doesn't it's like in the house snakes. already. It's there. It's in the house, you know, like, um, what kind of snake is it's it? A little, it's a little buckskin Okatee uh, corn snake. Nice. And our friend, you know, he's got, um, he and his wife are just amazing. Um, so our friend, uh, Greg and his wife, Wendy, they're just fantastic. And then he was like, can I set you up with some like cord snake eggs? And, you know, cause my daughter is really fascinated by reptiles. We're like, yeah, that would be awesome. So we watch this little snake, you know, emerge from the egg. And so we're, we're already bonded. My husband just has a, um, I think he's not ready to commit to another pet. We have an elderly dog that's been kind of high maintenance. And he's like, but snakes are so not high maintenance. They're quiet. They're Very really true. chill pets. Yeah. And exciting today. We just watched, I think our little snake is about three months right now and just shed for the second time. And we got to watch the whole thing from oh, the time. Awesome. Of yeah. And, uh, and so it's been really fun. So hold on. I, I got to geek out for a minute. So I'm 90% sure that that book you just held up was at our scholastic book fair, like two weeks ago. No way. Yes. Yeah. I'll hold it up again. For yeah, those things. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, that book was at our scholastic book fair. Anyways, sorry. I just had a moment. What are you looking for? I'm just wondering if we have it. You probably do. We typically, our da my daughter and I typically buy him like any reptile It looks familiar books. and I'm trying to see if I have it on my bookshelf. There's definitely a chance. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of books up there and I haven't read them. No, I know. <laughs> but we still buy them for you. Even though them. you don't read them. Yeah, the uh, book is there. <laughs> so I do want to add one. So I, I posted a question earlier to our listeners said, what do you look for in a fiction or nonfiction reptile theme book? And I got a couple of good answers and, and it's going to be funny because some of the answers came up in what we were just talking about. Uh, our friend Megan, who is putting on World Reptile Day, which we'll talk more about later, uh, said in nonfiction, she looks at who wrote it and what their credentials are and when it was published. She's not uh, opposed to older books, but you know, older books can be, uh, the information is not always up to date. That's why I also collect books because I have a bunch of older books that are definitely information is not up to date, but it's just cool to have it. Uh, and then pictures. She wants to see pictures. I am I am one of those that uh, I prefer pictures versus drawings. Like when it comes to field guides, mm -hmm. I want a picture versus a drawing. That makes sense. That's why I like the Audubon yeah. field guides. Good pictures. Yeah, those are good. Uh, and then Megan said for, for the fiction, she doesn't read many fiction reptile books, but I keep, uh, keep a list. I recommend to parents to share with her classes that she teaches and generally look to see what kind of attitude the author has towards the animals, how accurate the information is, how the animals are being represented, etc. the artwork, the pictures that are in there. Uh, and then our friend Danielle also for the fiction says, I don't read much fiction about reptiles, but typically annoyed by the inaccuracies or misconceptions typically seen in fiction books about reptiles. Her example is the snakes in Harry Potter that blink. Mm -hmm. uh, that one's a lot of people talk about that. I uh, I, I, I do. I what? I guess maybe I'm not as much of a reptile person because, like, I get it, but to me, that's just that's just how they are in that world. So it's never really bothered yeah. me. But yes, but they're the snake from the real world. He was in the London Zoo. That's true. And it blinked. 
Okay. So that's a problem. Okay. I get you. I see. I see where you're coming from. I'm one. I have tons of children reptile books, but any reptile book I pick up, the first thing I look for is to see if they say poisonous or venomous. I was going to point that out if you did not. That is my first thing. If it's if it says poisonous, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't need it. Yep. This this is a book that I love because I was like, I know we're going to be talking about different books. This is The Python Problem. And there are very few fiction books about reptiles. Most of the time, either the, the snakes or the reptiles are kind of these antagonists or problem characters or whatnot. And, um, you know, but if it's fiction and, and the character, you know, is like a snake and like a good light, there are sometimes like this one uses the word venomous. My daughter, when she read it, she's like, Bobby, this is such a good book. And this one is written by Daryl and Sa- uh, Sally O. Um, Odgers, Odgers. I'm not quite how to say it. It's a fantastic, it's a super fun book. This like a, a dog who pretends to be like a vet. Um, but she was like, mom, they talked about that the snakes are poison. That's like her, her thing. She's like, the snake is venomous. It, it's not about a venomous snake, but they were just using that context. And that's, that's a big, yeah, a big one for many people. I love it. So we use um, in my classroom, we have a bell ringer where we read like the same passage every day of the week and there's a different question they have to answer every day. And for whatever reason this year, everything's been like snake related. It's kind of been cool. Like a lot of my kids are loving it, but we had a passage that was all on copperheads. And then we had a passage about a boy who found a copperhead on the way to the river to go fishing. And the one we we read last week was, it was called the snake. That's all it was called. And it was at about a boy in fourth grade whose mom finally let him get a corn snake. But I texted you about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it made me so mad when we were reading it in class. I was like, hold up, let's pause right here and talk about misconceptions. Um, but it talks about a white albino corn snake. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, let's Google this and let me show you images. So I pulled up a yeah, snow. Because albino corn snakes are not white. I pulled up an albino. Yeah. And I'm like, which yeah. one do we think is talked about here? Uh, but it was funny. So like every day after that, the kids would, you know, they like several of them like scratched it out in the passage and like rewrote <laughs> snow corn snake. And oh, yeah. it was funny. But yeah, it, but it, basically the, the the lock got left off. The snake got out. It ended up next door at a neighbor's house and she found it one day when she got out of the shower. Um, I did not tell them about the snake from college. Which one? That ended up moving with your roommate. Oh, and we like found three apartments like three down? months later yeah. in a different apartment in our complex. I did not tell them about that situation, but um, yeah. <laughs> was the snake okay? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He lived for several great. more okay. years, had babies, had babies okay. and everything. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was a father wow. for several more litters. Um, it was very sad. He passed several years later, but yeah, no, he, he was great. And he, and he didn't lose any weight while he was gone. So uh-uh. I don't know what he ate, but uh-uh. yeah, he was fine. Um, um, his roommate wasn't the cleanest in college, so, yeah, so I'm sure I, that like when piles of clothes got grabbed to take to the new apartment, he was in the piles of clothes. Yeah, all the apartments were connected, but he moved to a different apartment in the thing, and then I moved in with Katie. And so when he moved, it must have been in all of his clothes and his laundry baskets, and he got moved downstairs into that apartment. And then we had a, a friend who was three apartments down from him, and he was outside smoking one day. And uh, another person in the apartment complex who we're not friends with uh, goes, hey, look, man, look what I found going across my foot. And it was my snake. My buddy goes, wait a minute. That's my friend's snake. That's he recognized it. And that's how I got it back. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. I hear stories like that. Our friend who um, set us up with the eggs, he had one of his little um, hatchling core snakes that just, you know, had disappeared and found them in the bathroom. And that's how the uh, snake earned the name number two. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, it's funny. funny. Recently, so I get asked a lot if I have snakes get out, and I probably haven't had a snake get out in like a decade until like three days ago. I had to, I had to have you tell me that three times for me to understand what, like the words you were saying, I could understand, but I didn't comprehend because I'm like James doesn't have snakes get out. What does he mean? There's a snake I walked, out. I walked into my snake I don't room. understand what he's saying. To I walked into my snake room the other day where my big four foot cages with the sliding glass doors was slid open a little bit, and of course the snake went in there, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a fairly large a good boa. boa. Like, it's not okay, like was, an itty bitty thing by any means. Yeah, it couldn't get out of the room. It's big enough; it couldn't get out of the room, so I knew it was still in there. And then I found it underneath uh, some racks, wedged underneath some racks under some other cages. Uh, and was it sad to go back? Like, no, she was no. not happy when I grabbed her, but she's not happy when I grab her on a regular basis. She was definitely not happy <laughs> she when I grabbed like her. When anybody comes in the room, she's she's not a happy snake. <laughs> But, That's uh, hilarious. But yeah, so now I got to reset my clock. It's been over a decade until this weekend. Yeah, it's, so. I, it was funny though because I was asleep or something. All I can figure, she. I don't think I left. I, there's no way I left that door open because it wasn't wide enough open for me to have like gotten a water dish out or anything. So she had to have just like pushed up against it just Moved right it. and then slid it. Which oh, it was Saturday morning. Yeah, because you woke up to take Joe to her volleyball tournament yeah. so I could sleep in. That's what it was. <laughs> But uh, I was like, what? But I do like the idea of you writing books in a, with a positive light on reptiles. It's it's a tricky thing. Um, so we've never lied to our kid about anything when it comes to like nature and really anything. And it drives me nuts to someone who used to be a zookeeper and who is now a teacher and Katie who used to run our education department at the zoo and who is now a teacher. For us to always watch adults lie about things that they are uncomfortable talking about. Like mating. Well, mating or when <laughs> yeah. it comes to snakes. So many are ups, upset about the fact that they eat rodents, right? And so uh, that's one reason a lot of these a lot of kids will never get to own snakes because their parents, I can't deal with the mice. I'm like, well, then learn your your kid wants that. Learn to deal with it, and it's a part of nature. And I think so many people need to realize that things eating other things are a part of nature. And so many people are okay with it in certain aspects, right? Uh, they're okay with lion eating gazelle, right? We we all know that we grew up on National Geographic. Lion chases down, eats gazelle, but the moment you're like. Snake eats mouse. Snakes are evil. So that whole pro- process is horrible. And I like the idea of a book that kind of, kind of makes it normal. Well, what I like about her books because I've, I've I've read the first one and it now lives on my classroom shelf and it's very rarely there. Normally, a kid always has it, um, which is I think is really great. But I like that it's not just tying in reptiles. Like there's another one in the series that basically dealt with like drama amongst like a group of girls in the book. And so there you're getting that reptile connection, but then they're also getting crap that all of these kids deal with every single day in their life. And it's showing them a way that everything can work out. And that's what I really like about the books. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely the reptile theme, but they're stories of friendship. They're stories of family, you know, but in not, a, not too many pages. So James, I think you could read it in pretty quick. It's, they're easy reads. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. Maybe I'll just read it to you in the car on the next trip we take. <laughs> Sounds great. We can record it and it'll be like a podcast, <laughs> but not a podcast. Like your own very own personal audiobook. Yep. I don't great. know that he's sold. I don't know that you, you sold him on that. Yeah. You reading books me while I, while I drive does I not sound fun. No, you'll fall asleep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you funny. have some other books too, though, like not just the Naomi Matt Nash yeah. books. So I've been writing for 20 years and, you know, I got started and 
you know, if I write some contemporary no, work. I have a Texas Bigfoot adventure. Yes. I have like nonfiction as well. I have an alligator, purely just nonfiction alligator book that's coming out. Um, and also some fantasy and stories of um, these two kids that basically get to have like this magic bracelet and go play, you know, this play set that takes them to this amazing world where they get to meet like a baby Phoenix. They get to meet a baby dragon, all these cool adventures. Um, and so I used to be able to, before I started writing all this nonfiction, I used to say, I just lie for a living. I just tell, you know, spin these tales. Um, and that's been a lot of fun, but some of my favorite books to write are some of the ones about animals. Like I think almost probably 80% of the books that I write involve animals of some type. And even like, like this one is a twist in time that features an alligator. I have alligators on the mind from the other one. Um, you know, so much information about dinosaurs and just the, the wonder of, you know, finding fossils and all of that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a fun adventure from the time I thought, okay. And Katie, I was a former teacher. So I spent time in the classroom. I read tons of books, just like you're reading all these books to your students. And, um, and also for uh, the blue bonnet uh, list that you're, you're reading there. And, and that was kind of the time that I, I felt inspired to be a writer. I, and I loved being a teacher, but the, I felt my real calling was to, to write and, you know, so then I started kind of teaching writing and that's kind of been the, the career where I started off teaching, went to writing, and then now I do some writing full, you know, and I also teach writing. That's so. kind of Katie's career path. <laughs> I, so my mom came across a story that I wrote when I was in the fourth grade and it actually got me invited to a young writers conference and I got to do that oh, nice. the summer of fourth grade. And so we had a grandparents day where the grandparents could come in and read. And so my mom was like, I want to read your story to your kids. So we did a zoom call cause she's in Louisiana and she didn't tell them who read the book, who, right. who had written the story before she just read the story to them. And so they were all talking about it on the zoom call and they flipped out when they found out that I had written it when I was their age. So a month later, there's, I still, every now and then I'll have a kid who's like, so when are we going to work on publishing and who do you need for illustrations? Like, they're like, you have to get this book published, Miss Lewis. I'm like, guys, it is a short story that I literally wrote 20 years ago. I'm like, no, um, I'm gonna okay, maybe longer math. than that. So uh, 30 <laughs> years ago. But. Yeah, but you know what? It's a story that your parents still remember. These kids are going to remember that story, you know. So yeah, it was cool it, it, though. I like listening to my mom read it. I was like, oh my gosh! Like I wrote this. This is kind of cool. Uh, and then James has been on me for a while about. There's a series of books I want her to write that are reptile related that I've got to get her to do at some point. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, she knows an author. She has a friend. So I know. I've, I've got, got information now. But I don't know. I. It's, she need to write it. I just need to sit down but and yeah, do it, Yeah, she started out as a, as a what's ELA, and then you were some other things. But now you're teaching more writing now. I do. I, so I've my main focus is always in writing. I got to teach science and social studies for one year. And then my principal realized how good my reading and writing scores were. And I've never been able to teach anything other than that. <laughs> Which, but that's, it's okay. That's a gift right there. I do enjoy it, though. Um, and I, I like seeing the kids grow and have more confidence when they leave me with their writing. When well, you help coach the UIL writing, which is like the competition stuff for the kids. And stuff. Oh yeah, I do. I have the creative writing and then the ready writing that I help with. And then the storytelling. And I've had a kid for the last two years place in the finals for storytelling, wow. which is kind of cool. 
That is really yeah. cool. And then somehow yeah. our kid won. I say our our kid won first place in the district for her writing, and she. If anybody in this house awesome. is going to be an author when they grow up, it's going to be her. Some of her stuff is pretty fabulous. If we can get her off of texting with her friends on the phone and actually write stuff down. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's got quite a bit going yeah. on in her notebook. She really does. She just doesn't share it with you. Yeah, and well. some some kids right now are typing novels into their phone. So, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But I will say that um, I feel like there's so many teachers that have turned author, you know, and I feel like they're just so in tune with the audience and, you know, understanding what kids are interested in and all of that. So I, I think, uh, I think we need to have a conversation for sure. <laughs> and I wrote my first book teaching. I, I would, cause I didn't ever know how to anticipate traffic. So I would get to school early, you know, cause I'd never wanted to be late. So I would set up in my classroom and sometimes just 15 minutes and I would just sit there and I would write and I wrote just like, you know, I would probably say a page, maybe a two page, just freehand in my notebook. And within six months, I had my first novel written, you know, and that was just from showing up to school 15 minutes early. It's funny that you say that. So we do this thing called roll a story where each kid gets a dice or a die rather. And they have the first thing they roll chooses their character and there's six different characters. And then they have a setting and then they have a plot and then they have a conflict. And so whatever they roll, that's the short story they have to write. And they're themed. So you have like a Halloween or a fall or Christmas or whatever. My students last year, by the time Christmas rolled around, they were so used to doing them. And they would get so excited because they would always roll for me. And then I they would make me. Well, I mean, they didn't make me. But I would always write a short story out for them. So then after they published and shared, I would share whatever I had written. And it was, we would pop popcorn and make like a whole thing of it. But I want to be in Yeah, I guess I really do write a lot more than, than I realized. Have you thought about uh, putting your books into video format, like animated, like a little cartoon type deal? And it'd be a thing. I like, think that would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. It could be like, you know? I remember like as a kid, there was the, the simple ones were just like, it was still pictures and they would talk and they'd go to another stuff. It wasn't like, cartoons moving all the time but like the same as you're like looking at a panel like a picture and like book but it was just uh tumble books is a website that does that we have a subscription through our library at school and basically it's the images from the book and then as you're looking at the images in the book yeah. you've got the audio being read to you by either the author or someone else I've had some of my books um, and each publisher has different, you know, kind of set up with some of the different companies because I, I work with Scholastic, Capstone, a bunch of different publishers. And a couple of them I've had where then they get narrated and then they have like not fully animated, but they have like a, a little like section where it kind of pops up, kind of like what you're describing. Um, and that's always cool, you know, and it's it's. It's interesting to hear, you know, some of the work that you've done either narrated or to see it in a different format, you know, because, you know, when I write it, it's just so in my head. And I wasn't sure even kind of what to anticipate for the illustrations for the book. I'm, I'm just so glad, you know, with the series, the the publisher that um, that I worked with is Capstone. And my editor was just fantastic and really got on my case about making sure to hone in on the stories, you know, because like this particular one was like an extra 4,000 words and she's like, narrow it down. And, you know, but then they hired this illustrator and her name is Alejandra Barajas and she lives in Mexico. We really didn't email. And, you know, so as an author, sometimes, you know, I just do the words and I live with the story in my head. I see the characters 
And then like, you know, to, to see, okay, this is the person who's going to illustrate. And then the story kind of takes on another direction and it's just, it's an amazing process. We didn't even exchange emails. It kind of created like a sheet, a cheat sheet, you know, um, most of the books, uh, stories, except for a ball Python that is on the loose. Most of the, um, the, the reptiles in the book are native reptiles. There's a tortoise in one of the books. And then, and this one, there's a python that's on the loose, kind of like your boa was on the loose, <laughs> except this one got out. And they're not sure if it's a dumped pet, if somebody just abandoned it, or if it's an escapee and what's kind of the, the snake's story behind it. Um, but then, you know, to be able to see how how she just brought the books to life, it was just amazing. And these are small chapter books, right? Oh, yeah. So my, my thought would be kind of neat is if you could... Don't give away anything. No, not for, no, no. Oh. For her. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, if you started a YouTube channel, if you found someone who could illustrate each chapter and you released each chapter as a 10 minute, five minute, how long it takes to read through a chapter, a five or 10 minute YouTube video, um, little tiny segments of the whole book, it'd be very interesting to see little animated 10 minute or five minute clips that do each chapter of the book. I think YouTube is a huge format. It gets a lot of people uh, go on YouTube, but also bring people to the books as oh, well. yeah. So uh, James's dad is in the chat. He's he normally is every week, but he and it's funny he mentioned this book because I was going to bring it up later. So his grandmother wrote a book, a kid's book. My dad's grandmother, yeah. Yes, uh, and so I actually read that book because we have two copies of it, and okay. I actually read that book to my students every year. It's kind of like a a spin on the elves and the shoemaker. Um, nice, but it's gingerbread. Nice. It's but it's all gingerbread, and it's it's cool though. I enjoy the book. That's awesome. So, and no, it does not translate to you writing a kid's book. I, you're not allowed to write kid's books. Oh, my dad? No, no. <laughs> That's a horrible idea. <laughs> I, I was raised by him. That's a horrible so idea. So, it's funny what you said about the mm-hmm. illustrator. Um, we had Chris Barton come to our school last year. He's another, he's a children's author. Um, I know Chris. Yeah. yeah, he's such a cool guy. I had an opportunity to actually like talk to him a little longer than some of the other teachers, which was really cool. Um, but he actually mentioned that uh, when he works with illustrators, he was like, you know, you go in with an image and then depending on the illustrator they pick for you, it comes out with a different image and you just hope that your your imaginations line up. Um, and sometimes they're in the same country you are and sometimes they're not in the same country as you are. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, and, you know, in some books you have more author input in other books what you see is what you kind of get. And I really, really loved um, with, with this particular, you know, series that they, they gave me a lot of input, you know, to have kind of some of that feedback and, you know, to say, okay, this is an Eastern hog nose. You know, I wanted to make sure, you know, that it didn't look like a Western hog nose, you know, that sort of thing, because this is what you would find in Texas. These are what the kids are coming across and everything else. And so, they were so receptive and, you know, I had a chance to kind of take a look and there were, you know, a few things um, like, you know, one of the snakes is injured, you know, most of the time, you know, cause they do rehabilit- rehabilitation. Um, the, the mom is a exotic veterinarian slash also wildlife rehabilitator. And, you know, so some of these animals that they get in their care are in bad shape. And so I was like, Hey, I know this is a really beautiful illustration, but the snake is sick. Can we put just like paper towel in there? And they're like, great, you know, and they, they really wanted to get it accurate, which I appreciated. Um, you know, there was a few times that like, I actually adjusted the illustrations were so pretty. I was like, I will just cut my writing and I will make sure 
that, you know, I, I kind of changed a couple scenes so we could keep the illustration as it was. Cause again, she's just so incredibly talented that I was like, I didn't want to adjust the, the illustration. Um, again, kind of like Chris's story, I've had experiences. I think at this point I have had uh, over 50 um, or 60 books kind of in the pipeline of publishing it. Um, and, you know, some of them, you know, you just like one day get a file and it's a PDF and you're like, this is it. <laughs> you know, whereas other publishers, you know, kind of give you more input with a different series. And, you know, sometimes I will write and kind of pitch my idea out to publishers. And other times publishers will come to me and they'll say, hey, Jessica, will you write a book on fangs? You know, and, and I'll, I can take that opportunity. So it just kind of depends, too, on the different setup. That'd be awesome. That's, that's, so cool. That whole process is I'm very interested in. The, the It's really cool. And that was actually what he came to our school to talk about was the process from start to finish on how to write a book. And he actually wrote a book on how to write a book about your dog and... It was, yes. a, it was, it's a funny little book, but he read it to the school and then basically explained the whole process to our students. And they, I mean, they ate it up. They loved it. And I mean, I was a nerd, so I loved every moment of it too. So. <laughs> I love it. Not all of my coworkers were nearly as excited about it as I was, but that's okay. <laughs> people who know me, people who know me understand it's totally fine. So other than writing, you said you have like the, the one little corn snake. Is that the only reptile that you guys have at your house? For right now, we get to enjoy our friends, uh, reptiles. So we get to go and visit. Um, my daughter really wants a bearded dragon. And, you know, so they have a bearded dragon that we go and we visit and we get to, you know, encounter. She also wants a hognose. She has like a whole list, a ball python. And again, that, you know, so we're, we're fortunate that we are friends with um, so many different reptile keepers. So we get to have these encounters. And um, my husband and I worked with Brent Ormond. I don't know if you guys have met him or not, but he's with Snakes of Hayes County. So he's a snake Uh-oh. wrangler. He does a lot on movie sets. And so we actually went and trained with him so we could do more snake relocations in our area. Um, we had previously done, you know, a few different relocations, but we particularly wanted to be more well-versed with a lot of venomous snakes and best habits and everything else. Cause we, you know, came across this rattlesnake in our neighborhood and we had kind of a Naomi Nash moment and it was on a sidewalk, a really busy sidewalk and knowing how many people walk their dogs and so many dogs are just not kind of trained for snake avoidance and whatnot. And there's a lot of other people and it was kind of in this area where there was a lot of pollen, a lot of leaves, everything else. And it was not super late at night, but late enough that it would have been hard to get somebody to come out. And so we didn't have the appropriate tools at the time, but we were able to successfully move the snake. So it didn't get killed because that was the other thing. If it got discovered by somebody else, it was probably going to have, you know, a, an untimely death. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and that was, that was such a, a neat experience, you know, kind of coming into it where I have not a lot of head knowledge about snakes, you know, where I I've studied, I've spent a lot of time mostly with pet snakes, but really being able to encounter, you know, mostly um, like one of the snakes was, was a, a wild snake that had been injured, but couldn't be released. So it became kind of an ambassador snake. And that was like a rat snake out of all of the snakes to relocate. The rat snake was the hardest. It was so wily. And it was like, I'm not having any of this. Yeah. So you would get it in the bucket. It was like, what's up? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so that was, that was a, a really cool training. So we've, we've spent a lot more time, you know, with reptiles and, and having some, some really cool experiences. Well, if you keep going to herp shows, you're going to have to get more. Cause... Oh yeah. I mean, 
people will probably you gotta be careful. Don't tell folks that you want stuff because they may just hand it to they you. They may just give it to you. Or so. it'll end up on your table and you know, won't know what to do. And God forbid <laughs> your daughter starts coming and they start liking your daughter as much as they like you because then you're going to randomly get stuff in the mail and be like, what is this? And then you'll get a phone call. Oh, by the way, I sent this for your child. I'm like, a conversation be- beforehand would have been nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Not that anyone people. at the Herb Show has ever done that at all. <laughs> And see people like cringing right now as they listen. Like, whoops, sorry, not sorry. So we talked. Uh, you talked earlier about the the mom being a, a rehabilitator, and the question that uh, you proposed for our listeners this week was, uh, "What is your favorite reptile rescue and rehabilitation center?" And we got a lot of a lot of them on here. Uh, so I want to go through some of them real quick um, and see what people said. Our friend Megan gave up a whole novel of places. Uh, the first one was Gina's Heart of Gold Reptile Rescue, which is repeated several times. That's one that's close to mm-hmm. us. We know Gina um, 100%. Uh, Wildlife Center of Texas, TWRC Wildlife Center, Central Texas Tortoise Rescue, which is awesome. Uh, Badgerland Reptile Rescue, Gulf Center for Sea Turtle Research, uh, Sea Turtle Inc., and Lumpy Lizard Reptile Poultry and Exotics Rescue. That one's just fun to say. Sea Turtle Inc. is one that I've actually been researching a lot lately. They have an online education program yeah. that kids can take, and it's based on different ages. So it's different classes for each age. But basically, it's all done by one of the vets on their staff, and you learn how to rehabilitate sea turtles. Um, My daughter has done it. It is fantastic. I can tell you firsthand, it's amazing. So Absolutely amazing. They actually gave me, for my zoology club kids at school, they gave me a discounted like group rate. Um, so I think we're actually going to be doing a fundraiser here in a couple months so that we can use that, those funds to pay for the class so that everybody can do it. And we could do it like at one of our meetings after school. It looked really cool though. So it's awesome. That's good. Um, our friend Brittany Pashy said the North Texas reptile rescue. She said they're relatively new, but a great dedicated team of individuals. Uh, let's see. Lainey said nature's edge, wildlife and reptile rescue. And then she also threw out Gina's heart of gold. She helps Gina out. Um, Amanda Terry, of course, said Texas Sea Life Center, which we've been to before down in Corpus. That place was amazing. That's the first time I realized Katie would cry when she saw turtles. I did not realize. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It was, I literally could have reached out to touch it. I did not know how moved I was going to be until we got there. We got there. She looked into a tub with one sea turtle and she broke into tears and I had to ask her if she was okay. It was, yeah, I I think it shocked both of us. Oh, that uh, we watched the little sea turtles at the Padre Island National Seashore get released, and you know you're kind of flagging away seagulls and like it's I mean like, we clapped and cheered, and I got I got a little misty eyed. Oh, so yeah. you're not alone. Yeah, that's I, on my list. Yeah, huh. you have to get up at the crack of dawn. I will do it. It's not fun, but it was. <laughs> I've done it. I think four times right now, and I would do it again. And I'm a sleeper. I want to sleep in the morning, so getting up early is not my favorite. But oh, yeah, me it. neither. I'm, I mean, we talked about my naps during fall break before this ever started, so, like, I'm definitely a sleeper, but... Well, I can say if anybody's in the Corpus Christi area, go by and see Texas Sea Life Center. Check out what they have yes. and give to them and help them out because it is it's a small organization doing a lot. Oh, so um, much. It's amazing. And uh, Amanda is awesome, and that, that place is, is great. Uh, we've been to that one, so I can say that. Um Carrie says saving scales reptile rescue of Michigan, uh, and in and in S exotic reptile rescue LLC, Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's a lot, a lot there to say, <laughs> but, uh, 
I'm assuming that's one of our listeners from Michigan, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, Sarah says she's biased for Badgerland Reptile Rescue, but a couple others she said uh, Be Wild Reptile Rescue. The Lumpy Lizard one got mentioned again. It's just a fun name. Uh, Central Mississippi Turtle Rescue. Phoenix Herpetal Life. Fantastic. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, they do some great work. Cool. Phoenix Herpetological Sanctuary. Crimson Exotics Reptile Rescue. The House of Voodoo, but it's spelled H-A-U-S. Georgia Reptile Society Adoption and Rescue. And then Federal Way Fish and Reptile Rescue. Those are good. Mark Anderson said Ramsdale Reptile Rescue. Jungle Things Oregon. So, Oregon. Um, Steve Kennedy, who we've had on before, said the Sanctuary. Remember we talked with Steve before. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Mute this. Yep. Uh, he has C- Steve's Snakesuary. So he also does educational outreach stuff. That's a great one. Uh, Badgerland got mentioned again. National Exotics Animal Rescue Service. And then National Center for Reptile Welfare. That's in uh, Harlow, Kent, UK. That's Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, I keep forgetting really cool. you have listeners like overseas. It yeah. throws me off every time. <laughs> Yeah, and then Mark Anderson's in the chat. And he said Oregon. Yeah, yeah. that was Oregon. Uh, one that I thought was interesting. This was not a rescue, but this was Brian Lovins at a point, and we've talked about it before. Which says uh, he said I think the definition of rescue needs to be discussed. There's a lot of flippers disguised as rescues out there, which is yeah. unfortunate. Definite. A lot of folks will post. I can tell you, anybody listening, the one way to know if it's a rescue, if they are out there asking for animals, <laughs> they are not a rescue. No. No rescue's ever been like, oh, God, we need more animals. And then if they give you a shopping list of what they want, that's not a rescue. Not a rescue. Don't help them. Um, but re- rescues are, are tricky because there are a lot of folks out there who also drives me nuts when they go to, I went to PetSmart and rescued this whatever, whatever. I'm like, you didn't rescue shit. You bought something from you PetSmart. Paid for that's, it, that's, right. Understand the difference between rescue and buying something. So one of the things mentioned on there was the Gulf Center for Sea Turtle Research. And that's actually who's going to be benefiting from funds raised at World Reptile Day, which is in two weeks. Yes. Um, a week and a half. South of Houston. It's not even two weeks anymore. It's a week and a half. Um, and so, yeah. So that's going to be held in Meridiana, which is in Iowa Colony, Texas. Which is about... Um, 30, 20 minutes south of Houston. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be, it's the second annual event. It's from 10 to 3. So it's a really awesome day. There's going to be live reptiles. There's going to be a tortoise garden. There's going to be an gonna author be a there. Scavenger hunt, food trucks. And then, of course, Jessica's going to be there with a bunch of her cool books that you'll be able to come and purchase and she'll sign for you. And it's funny because that book that you signed for me for my classroom, I swear it gets taken better care of than anything else on the shelf. And I think it's because <laughs> you've signed it because before I put it on the shelf, I'm like, look at this. Do you see like the author signed this book for us guys? And like, it was like the Holy grail of books when it got put on the shelf. It was hilarious. That's so but funny. I'm, like we have very strict rules about our, we have over 300 books in my classroom in my class library that I've collected over the last few years. But I have a very strict no dog earring book corners and no like I have a box that says don't be a monster use a bookmark and it's like constantly full of bookmarks. I'm gonna start making you some bookmarks with my sticker making stuff. You should. The kids would love that. I can put those in the prize bucket because I think all of my normal books are. Yes, Yes, Paul. Paul. That is the book lady from Herp's Austin show. 
Yes, that is. That's a, you were next to Paul at that show. <laughs> I remember, and I got to see him in San Antonio, which was really fun too. Yes, That's so funny. I talked to him earlier today when I left my doctor's appointment. Actually, <laughs> that's what I thought. I've, I've done uh, now only just the two, but I was like, it kind of feels like family. Like you go and and get to connect. It's so fun. Oh yeah. So speaking of that, what is it like when you're at? wherever doing a booth or whatever and a kid comes up that's read your book like i'm sure that's happened plenty of times how, do, how does that how weird is that for you because i know it's very weird for me when someone's like i listen to your podcast like in person someone tells me that i'm like i don't know why i have no <laughs> idea why you listen to this you know it's, it's okay i have to say the coolest thing is one of the kids loved this series so much that she dressed up as naomi nash and so she had the whole overall She like had gone and like made a little snake that was coming out of her overalls. And like, she was like part of this parade. And I have to say it was probably the coolest thing and like the most like humbling and amazing and inspiring because, you know, like I write, this is my office. I write stories in solitude. You never know how it's going to be received. And especially like a snake series, you know, there, I wanted it to be positive, but I know not everybody receives snakes positively. And in fact, like one of the the publishers that had a, a chance to look at the book and they were like, we're just not sure that girls are going to be interested enough in a series about a snake, Ugh. you know, like a snake themed series. And I just loved how like these comments that I've gotten have just kind of proved it wrong. And, you know, I, I've had a couple of other experiences. I have to say one of the most probably embarrassing things is one of this, uh, this kid that I met had read one of the stories, not so much the Naomi Nash stories, but like I've been writing for a while. And the kid was just like, asking me questions about this one particular character and character motivation. I was like, I can't even remember the character's name right now. Cause like I've, <laughs> I've had so many other stories <laughs> stored up in my head. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that was probably, that's funny. you know, not as, as thrilling as seeing, you know, somebody dressed up as, as Naomi. I was gonna say, that's and, pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah, that would, that would definitely. You also just want to go back and tell that publisher, like, we get it. You're afraid to take chances. We got yeah. it. You're a coward. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and what was interesting too is like this other publisher was interested and they were like, yeah, the first book could be about snakes, but maybe, maybe not all of it about snakes. But, you know, fortunately this other publisher was like, yes, I want it all about snakes. And, you know, and what was interesting is um, the editor that saw the books that took the the series on didn't really care for snakes, didn't feel one way or the other. But after she read the books, she was like, I, I really care about snakes now. And she's like, I feel like I want other people to care about snakes. And, um, and so that was, that was awesome. What an awesome way to educate people. Do you, though. do you ever get parents who have been swayed by the books? You know, cause again, as someone who sells snakes and all this, I see parents all the time, take their kids and move them away from like people. Oh. It's funny that you ask that. One of my students who's currently reading this book, he's already read it once, but he goes, Miss Lewis, can I borrow this over fall break? And I was like, well, yeah, you know the rules. Just bring it back when you're done. Well, I think that I'm going to read it to my mom, and I think she might let me get a snake after we read it. Like, that's his goal <laughs> over fall break. <laughs> I taught him last year, um, and so I, I loop from third grade to fourth grade, and so I got a handful of my kids back, and he's one of the ones that I got back. And his mom, every time she comes in for something, she's like, all right, let's 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 talk about what lizard is going to cost me the less, because this boy is going to have a reptile <laughs> before the end of the year. Like he wants a snake is what he wants, but I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. But he was like, I'm going to read it to my sister. His sister's in first grade. And he was like, this is, he was like, it's going to be great. I have a whole plan. And I'm like, oh my gosh. 
That is hilarious. I yeah. have not you like known that the books are being used to leverage for for pet yeah, ownership. That, but in his plan, that's what that's what he's using yeah. as leverage. <laughs> the the mystery of the ball python is all about wanting pets make my character. She really wants a pet they foster and they take care and rehabilitate, but she wants her own pet. And that was one of the things too. I wanted to make sure to get husbandry and people to understand the responsibility because you know it could be an impulse buy. You could be at a reptile show, see some really I mean, you could see one of Paul's ball pythons and just fall immediately like in love and be like, I'm going to get it. But if you don't kind of understand the responsibility and the care, all of that, but I, I love that story. I think it's awesome. And in terms of parents, I had um, a family contact me and said that after they read saving snakes. So in this particular one, um, a couple different snakes are in a bad situation. One of them gets caught in a glue trap. And she said they got rid of all their glue traps awesome. around their like garage and everywhere. She's like, I didn't realize how damaging it could be to wildlife. And so that I thought, you know, I, I was really amazed. And I did hear from a mom who said that, you know, I was really afraid of snakes because I didn't kind of understand their behavior. You know, the whole myth of copper heads and, you know, they're just going to come after you and, you know, cotton mouths are going to chase you. And they're just going to, you know, all of these different myths that like so many people have been you know, just kind of hammered with and, and snakes in the media and, you know, all these other, you know, different stories where snakes are the antagonists. And she's like, I, I really didn't really think about how beneficial snakes were to the environment. And so I, hopefully if they have a snake on their property, they're going to live and let live and just kind of appreciate it from a distance and, and let it go. I think that's awesome. And like we've always said, you know, we do programs or educational outreach. And if we can reach one person in the crowd, we feel successful. And I mean, those are just the people who have come back to tell you. So imagine how many people there are out there that have read your books and haven't shared with you how it's changed their opinion on things. That's just, that's such an awesome legacy well, to leave. I also refuse it. You always get the, uh, especially in, with older people, uh, the whole, well, you can't change their mind. And I, and I refuse to believe that completely. Yeah. Look, I get it. There are some people, it's very hard to change their mind. And, uh, if you can change the kids' minds first, that does make it easier with my thoughts. But it's not impossible to change someone's mind. Um, they just have to see it in a positive light enough times. And I think it's great that you have an entire series that doesn't make them the scary thing. They're not trying to avoid them or get away from them or, or further this fear, this ridiculous fear of an animal that they just don't understand. And I'm an adult that's living proof that, you know, your, your mind can be changed. I, I went from kind of just being kind of not petrified but scared of rattlesnakes to now i've saved a rattlesnake's life and and i've actually trained with the snake wrangler and, and had to move several different types from little itty bitty you know rattlesnakes to the big big one oh, that awesome. like your snake hook starts to bend because it's such a, <laughs> a thick one you know that i was like wow when they say heavy bodied i didn't quite get it until now <laughs> yeah and you know so I, i'm living proof that people can change and you know sometimes it just I think knowledge is the antidote to fear and the more you learn, it doesn't mean you have to get obsessed like I did and write a snake series, but um, you know, I, I do see that, you know, people can change their minds and, you know, so hopefully now too in my neighborhood, people know if there's a snake, you know, that they're going to hopefully contact us, you know, before they either try to kill it or, you know, some, some other outcome for it. Yeah. That's when we started dating, I was very similar. I was not a fan I wouldn't really go hang out in the rooms where any of his snakes were. and But that was how I got over my fear was just I immersed myself in learning everything possible mm -hmm. about them. 
Uh, Darren in the chat said when he was at Walmart recently, he saw glue traps that were selling that had a picture of a mouse and a snake on them. Oof. And I've seen, I've seen seen some, I've seen some things online where it's like glue traps for snakes. I'm like, you're a horrible human. Look, I used to, I'm not gonna lie. I used to use them all the time for rodents. I did. But uh, I also would usually peel the mouse off of the glue trap and then let the mouse go. Oh yeah. There's only one mouse I've ever said, fuck you, you can die. Um, (laughs) He got into my, in college, he got into my snake room. And he chewed up oh. the wooden racks that I had, and he'd gotten into a oh, bag no. of like rat food that I'd had from when we had rats when we were breeding uh-huh. them. And he got I into that, remember and he got all vividly. over the place. And I'm like, this ballsy ass mouse got it into my moved snake room, into the snake rack, made a home in the bottom it of the chewed, snake. It had chewed a hole in the corner of our that room to get into the room. <laughs> so when he got stuck to the glue trap, I said, "Screw you, you die," and he died. Uh, but every other one I've taken off. He yeah. he did not make it though. Yeah. Paul says he has a new name for you. It's the Snake Wrangling Book Lady. That's your new nickname. <laughs> I'm going to get that on a badge. Yes. I'll make you a I shirt. It. It'll be great. <laughs> snake Wrangling Book Lady. As you know, now you got to write a whole book about snake wrangling. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, the it's it's good to see I, more more stuff needs to be put out there with the positive. It's so easy for people to go negative on snakes because of the culture. Mm. Um, but I, I think it needs to be that way with a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I think are missing. Like it drives me nuts. And, and uh, Robert and I will talk about all the time on here in the neighborhood groups. People will talk, post things about coyotes and they talk about mm. them in such a negative light. I'm like, the, the coyote's not the bad guy here. Like one, you live where the coyote wants to live. They don't really mess with you. And you get upset when they eat like livestock that you put, where they live like you can't put a pizza in front of a bunch of kids and go guys don't eat that pizza and then walk away and expect them not to eat the pizza right same thing for a coyote you can't put sheep and goats and stuff and go oh no the coyote ate my sheep and goats well no shit you put food where they live it's not their fault there's so much development that's happening too so some of these like wildlife are just getting ousted you know And, and like in our neighborhood right now they just built another phase and so we're seeing a lot more snakes and all these people are like just up in arms and i'm like well where do you expect their whole habitat has been you know completely you know just now foundations and all this other stuff that's one of the things megan is dealing with in her neighborhood as well yeah she does we do a lot of snake removal stuff but she's got it's all new stuff being built out there and the people yeah again like you said they're like why are these snakes here well because the snakes live like why are you here (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, they, they were de- definitely there first. Definitely. They want to know why you're here. People get so upset with nature in their nature. I'm like, if you don't yes. like it, move somewhere where there's not nature. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's for sure. And what's interesting to you is what I like, you know, I do different reptile shows and the reception is completely different. When I have the Naomi Nash series, they're like, no way, there's like a book about snakes. You know, whereas like sometimes I do another event and like somebody will pick up the book and be like, snakes like yeah. really like it's a completely so like I've, I've i'll be at the waco um herp show on saturday only i won't be able to do sunday um but it's it's such a fun thing and especially kids who really like reptiles it's like sometimes the first time they've seen a character that's interested in the same things that they are oh and, yeah you know so that's and that's the fact always... that it's a girl oh my gosh yes <laughs> I love it. And it's so funny because I have so many girls in the classroom that are just so into all the animals that I have in my classroom with zoology club. So that's what they loved about it is that it wasn't a book about snakes with boys. They liked that it was girls in the book. Um, So that was another thing that was cool. Do you find yourself now, now that you are 
a reptile person. I mean, you're a rep- you have you have a snake. You've written reptile it. books. You're a reptile person. Do you find yourself getting offended though when someone picks up your book and goes, "Ugh, reptiles," and then wants to tell you a negative thing about them, like the time they killed something or they they got rid of it? <laughs> yeah. See. Yes, you know, it, and that happens. Like as soon as they find out that I'm interested, they're like, "Oh, this cottonmouth that chased me, I had to kill it," and I'm like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> You're not I, a, I, I'm not exaggerating. You oh, know, no, you're not a real reptile person until this happens. Every reptile person's had it happen. They've always told someone how much they love a snake or a lizard or something. And the very next story is how they killed one. That works with nothing else on earth. Mm-mm. Nothing. You've never seen yeah. someone go, I had a baby and I love my baby. She is my life. And then someone goes, <laughs> you know that time I killed a baby because it chased no. me? No one's uh, – that doesn't – it doesn't use like a cat or something. Don't use the baby as it, the reference. It, but it wouldn't happen with a cat or a dog either. But I'm just saying, like it doesn't happen with yeah, anything be on other. Some watch list for the government now. It's the only. Gosh. It's the only place where that happens. No one's ever like, oh man, I bought a brand new car. And I love that car. That's great. There was this time where I saw someone's brand new car and I just shot it up with a gun until it didn't work anymore. No one says that about anything other than snakes. Other than snakes, you're right. Yeah. I have to say, I was at one event and this guy comes up and he's looking, he's like, saving snakes, okay? He's like, you know, there's this one time and I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go, <laughs> bracing myself because I you don't want to be polite, you know, um, as polite as I can be in the moment. And and then he just starts going and he's like, yeah, I was a kid and I saw the snake and I killed it. And I was like, oh, yep, 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 okay. And then he's like, I've never seen my dad so pissed off at me again. <laughs> And like ever in my life, he's like, and so he had to like, basically, he's like, he's like, my da- my dad changed my life from that day on, and he's like, now I save snakes, and so he bought a copy of the book. He's oh, like, awesome. I'm gonna give it to my granddaughter. It was the first time that I've ever had that where I was like, oh, this is bad. This is getting worse. This is oh oh oh. There's the death. There's the death. And then it flipped, and he's like, I've never like, that's you know, cool. Killed another snake. It was yeah. So, you know. So sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm glad I wasn't, you know, really awful to him because I, I was about to stop him and just be kind of snarky. And I'm glad I just listened. You Have know? you gotten good at controlling your face? Because like, you gotta We've get to the point to. where you can control your face where it doesn't you don't look like you're thinking this person's a fucking moron on your face. <laughs> okay, well, it, when I do a lot of events, my my daughter is she's got um uh kind of a, a rare disease and she's immune compromised, so I wear a mask a lot of times. And I think a mask kind of keeps me from having right <laughs> much face it and helps. stuff. So I'm like, it actually helps, you know. So I think a couple of times it's it's saved me from like, you know, showing my my true true face. And you know, I've I've had to take prednisone and other stuff. So it's you know, it's it's one of those things. It is what it is. But I'm like, maybe in future, like other events, I was like, I'll, I might say that just to kind of like cover my expression. <laughs> just, so they, just so they can't see me mouthing things about them underneath. Because the, I yeah. totally, when we had the mask I've, on, I've mouthed things under the mask. I, I apparently needed a mask at a workshop the other day. My coworkers like <laughs> texted me. They were like, fix your face. And I'm like, oh, my bad. I didn't even what was realize. The stupid thing? The woman that was sitting, so we got to the room late and so we couldn't sit together, the teachers from my school. So I ended up sitting at a table with completely people that I didn't know and were like new to the content and I'm 12 years in and I, I just don't have time for shenanigans. But she was, we were talking about a book that was based out of New Orleans with a famous trumpet player. And I'm like, yeah, you know, when we read this earlier in the year, I played some Louis Armstrong for them just so they could kind of get an idea of some trumpet music. And she was like, she was like, oh, you know, Louis Armstrong, the, that famous, se- the the saxophone guy. And I was like, the, the look on my face in that moment 
there was no hiding it. And that was the face that my coworkers saw from across the room. And they were like, I don't even know what she said to you. But whatever it was, like they started sending me like memes telling me to fix my face, the whole deal. <laughs> and I'm like, geez, Louis. I was at that point, I was done. I was like, okay, we're done. We yeah. can just end this workshop. I need to not be by this lady anymore. I've gotten, uh, I've gotten pretty good of of not call, like online. I'll have no problem calling someone a moron, but in person, I know that I need to be more. I am normally uh, much more censored with my face than I was that day. I sat through a job <laughs> interview once where uh, I was talking and I talked about my snakes at one point, and then of course the very next thing was the the manager uh interviewing me has telling me about the time that he killed this rattlesnake i'm like oh okay just have to smile i'm like i need this job i can't tell him he's an idiot and so it's rough and then when i was a zookeeper god this that was fucking horrible uh you'd be feeding like you'd be feeding alligator snapping turtles and then some guy would come and tell you about his recipe and how much he loves to eat alligator snapping turtles i'm like this isn't the time man not the time probably not the time for that (laughs) or uh same with alligators. They tell you how much they love to eat alligator. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Not the time. Like, I, that's fine if you want to eat them. But while I'm taking care of a living one, probably not the time to tell me about the time you wanted to eat one. But. I totally cut you off earlier while you were going through your answers no, through for the them. Facebook. So I didn't know if you had them gotten all. through them all. I got through them all. Okay. I saw that it was still on your screen. No, no. And I was like, I think I interrupted before he was finished. Paul said soft shells taste better. I get it, Paul. I get it. <laughs> That is one thing. I, I can't bring myself to eat reptiles. I can't do it. I uh, I understand people that do eat reptiles. I get people that eat alligator. I, I guess. I mean, it, I don't understand it when they go, it tastes like chicken. Then why not fucking eat chicken? But, uh, and I get if they want to eat snake, that's fine. But, uh, I think I've ever eaten snake before. I can't bring myself to do it. If I did, it was as a child. And I was in a household where if my parents <laughs> told me that it was chicken, I, I would eat it my, no matter what it my was. My dad just says whenever a stranger talks to him about, because uh, my dad's got a motorcycle, and he says whenever they talk to him about his motorcycle, and it will lead to a story where their cousin died on a motorcycle. It's always so-and-so died on a motorcycle. Yeah. They got to tell you the negative. That's so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> people always jump to the negative. What? You don't jump to negatives about having a kid. That's another one. They have kids. That's always one. Everyone, when someone gets pregnant, wants to tell you the negatives about having a kid. I'm like, there's positives. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's negatives. But there's positives. Her schedule isn't busy enough for seven people. That's really my only negative right now. Uh, But volleyball's over. So that's one less thing off our plate. That's one less thing. (laughs) My my negative is that she costs money. Yeah. If kids were just free. But you cost money. I'm okay with me costing money. It's my life. (laughs) Gotcha. You work and pay for the things my, that you cost. Is she costs me money. I mean, I could she does. more snakes I could own if I didn't have a kid. <laughs> Wait, you had her bedroom for a snake room? God, it's a whole other snake room. Six yeah. more years, and is that what you're going to do with her bedroom get when she goes to college? Gone. Just getting more snakes. <laughs> You'll have to get like a little cot so when she comes home, she'll still have a place to hang out. She with can sleep snakes. on the futon. We have a futon in our game room. But is it having to act interested in a podcast is negative? Uh, no one asked you to be here. <laughs> This is this is on your own accord. You chose to listen to this. Just saying, it's all on you. Um. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh no, no. you were fixing a. No, I was. Are you with, bringing this guy up again? No, I was playing with the ice pack. Oh, my back is bothering me. So I had our daughter bring up an ice pack. I, so I do want to go. So some of the stuff on our. Let me pull it up on the screen. I pull some of these things up. But, uh, so we have a discussion group. And people post things in the discussion group, and there were some interesting things posted this week. Didn't we talk about this one last week, though? We did, and then this is another article from that, actually. Oh, okay. I haven't uh, read this article then. It's the... So, pull it up here on the screen. There it is. 
to this guy who uh, tried to take his emotional support alligator to the Phillies game. And then uh, he said it was, it was a, a misunderstanding. Uh, so one of the, someone from the Phillies asked him to bring it there to show it or whatever, and then they tried to buy it. Whatever. Either way, if every picture you see, this thing does not have any, anything around its mouth. No. So that's dangerous. And also, when you look at this thing, you can tell it is stunted. It should definitely be probably like three times the size it is. I'm like, so no one feels bad about you, you crazy old man with an alligator in your basement. Oh, goodness. So. He got his five minutes, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what he wanted. But I mean, you look at this picture. I mean, it's got the short, stunted face of what a stunted alligator looks like. It's probably like. in a box, right? Is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking it's probably in. It probably has like a, one of those blue swimming pools, mm-hmm. like a little kitty swimming pool, inside of maybe just like a a walled off section of like probably some plywood, so I can't climb out of there. Probably in a basement because it's in Philly. They have basements up there because they yeah. don't flood like we do, um, and because you can just own alligators up there for, for some stupid reason. That's pretty crazy. Um, oh, this is cool. Brian McDowell is a a black racer eating a timber rattlesnake. Mm, I saw oh, these wow. pictures when they posted those. I did not see cool. that. That's a really cool one. That is really cool. Uh, I have not looked at this one. This is Travis. It could be. Travis has posted a lot this week. I know. I don't. This is a whole like Instagram thing. I don't know what that one is. Well, there's World Reptile Day. We can talk about World Reptile Day again. Come to World Reptile Day. Feed a tortoise. It'll be fun. There's going to be lots of cool stuff. Do to a scavenger do. hunt. Katie won't be there. You know, I'm super bummed out. Oh, my my daughter has made jewelry for um I, I gotta i gotta show real quick she's made oh. like snake jewelry on, and s- don't hit that button i'm put it on there the screen you go. there we go <laughs> sorry my daughter's made snake jewelry and all kinds of other stuff for world reptile day because she wants to uh awesome. raise more money for the sea turtles didn't she make like bracelets or something with sea turtles on them yes okay she's made, uh, like snake all kinds of stuff she's so excited i saw those pictures on facebook i was like these look precious that'd be awesome yeah she's 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 like we're gonna I want to raise money for him so I was like rock on girl rock on yeah come out buy a necklace buy a book save a turtle there you go uh, Travis posted this that's a spider on a branch is it a, is it a jumping spider no it's some turreted wrap around spider yeah it took me a while to be able to find it though it's like, there yeah, I see it. yeah. Really? It's, its body is weird yeah it's very it's probably probably lives in Australia. I'll get full screen to do that. It, it probably, it probably yes, does. It is in Australia. It yeah. is in Australia. It says Australia, New South go. Wales. Gosh, everything. It'll there. kill you. I'm yeah. sure whatever it is, it'll kill you. <laughs> uh, the Orient Society, great society there. Uh, Orient Society is looking to hire a seasonal technician to work on multiple research projects for Eastern Indigo Snakes, which would be awesome if there's someone out there who can afford to do it and not have a family that you have to support. Another problem with having kids. Uh, feel free to go help out the Orient Society and their and their snakes. Kids. Gosh. They ruin all the fun. How dare you have a wife who expects you to help support your family? <laughs> Wives and kids. Guys, just get rid of those. You don't Gosh. need them. Uh, new species alert. Trouble. Let's see. There's a new species of gecko from southeastern region of Madagascar. Oh, yeah. This thing is super cute. That is cool. It's got a little tiny tail. The tail is amazing. That is a cute little gecko. Hopefully it survives and they don't cut down all of the forest that it lives in because it's in Madagascar and they're cutting down everything. What is this? There was so many great presenters yesterday at the Gecko. Oh, it's the Gecko Symposium that they had at Tinley. Tinley had the Gecko Symposium the on Thursday, I think, mm-hmm. before Tinley. Oh, real quick, while I'm thinking about it in Tinley, our friend Adeline and Chris got married. Yeah. 
They got married in Tinley, so oh, congratulations. Adeline Robinson, if anybody's ever bought some of her art or anything, you'll know Adeline at yes. some of the bigger shows. She does amazing art. She is. Congratulations. Congrats. Uh, a public group, I Love Crocodiles. Okay. Yeah, I was just a girl. I haven't clicked on it to share. I haven't really done much. So this is a, a podcast that Megan posted. And I, again, having a podcast means I don't listen to podcasts anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but it's an episode on Snake Talk. And Snake Talk is a great podcast. Um, it's Snakes in the Bible. Which I'm actually going to listen to that one. Cause, that sounds great. Because as someone who's doesn't believe in the Bible and is atheist, uh, I have to point out every time that it never actually mentions snakes in the Bible. It, not once. I, I, not I once. clicked through and read a bunch of the stuff, and it actually seems like a, a really great... I really enjoy the Snake Talk See, this podcast. has 60 mentions of snakes in the Bible, but what everybody's talking about is always serpents. It mm-hmm. always talks about serpents. Serpent. Yep. But it's not snakes. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um... Oh, <laughs> so I've seen this before. Where so it's the meme where they're looking for a baby monitor, and then the husband comes home with a baby monitor. Monitor, not a baby monitor. Yeah, something you would do. No, I wouldn't, because things with legs eat too much. <laughs> uh, it was the fat bear. Week. The fat bear kind of so. Bears need to gain weight. I'm trying to read it real quick. The fat bear contest is always interesting. I've showed some pictures to my kids when we're talking about. Um, Lipids. So lipids uh, are fats. Those are it's a biomolecule. It's a fat. And so I showed them pictures of bears before and bears after for that contest and show that the weight gain because they look almost dead before. Oh, they do. It's crazy. And then they, they look cartoon drawn afterwards. How fat they are. <laughs> oh yeah. Like there's no way you're like nature wants that, but no nature wants you to be fat. So guys out there, if you're worried about being heavy, just move somewhere cold. Nature wants you to be fat there. Um, I have no idea what that one is. Got nothing. Got nothing. I was uh, Travis posted something about cobras, a new species of wrinkles, cobra like spitting and hooding a lapid. Okay, so probably just a new subspecies, I would imagine. Uh, this is just a video of of Steve Irwin. Any video of Steve Irwin is great. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's apparently the old. Uh, it, well, it's old because Jay Leno's on there, and Steve Irwin's still alive. Well, I mean, yeah. So yeah, way to bring that up, Katie. Way to make it sad for everybody. You did it. There's our sticker for Chris. And by again, throwing that out there. If you want to help out Chris, get a sticker. Snakes and the Fat Man. Buy a sticker. Put a bunch in the mail today. It's him with his peg leg and his little dumpy frog on his shoulder and his goofy hat. But all the proceeds go to help him get his 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 pooping toilet. Or his pooping chair. You're such a mess. What? Scroll up. He's going to need a pooping chair. (laughs) The guy only has one leg. God, Katie. There's Megan again pushing her World Reptile Day again. We get it, Megan. We get it. World this was Reptile the two and a half weeks to go countdown. Now we're at now one, and, one half and a half weeks. weeks. Uh, this was neat. Mm-hmm. It says albino sea turtle, baby. I don't know if it's albino or leucistic. I say, look at the eyes. Okay. To me, yeah. I'm thinking leucistic. Looks really dark. Yeah, um, you're dark. Uh, but either way. That's uh, so little. It's definitely it's so little. definitely not getting released in the wild looking like that. Oh, uh-uh. That is just. No, that you. won't make it long. But it's, it's amazing how small they start out. Oh, yeah. Versus like, like a leatherback, how massive a leatherback gets. And they start out like that. And then you watch them lay eggs. Oh, this was a cool video. So this is a, uh, a thread snake. Small, little tiny uh, fossorial snake that eats like termites and ant larvae and stuff. If you watch the video, you can watch it. It goes into this ant, ant, ant. God, I can't talk tonight. It goes into this ant mound and begins eating the larvae. Which is just kind of a cool thing. You don't you don't tend to think of 
A snake is eating ant larvae. Yeah, we mm-hmm. always think snakes eating birds or pigs or whatever. This little tiny snake. Is, now, it doesn't end well for the snake, I think. I think this is the part where the lizard the comes. The lizard and, comes and eats the snake. And eats the snake. It's a little bitty lizard, too. Well, I mean... Crazy the thread snake ride looks like a worm. Yes. Yes. So that was a cool video. Watch that one. Um, bum, 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 bum. Nathan posted some rad. No, those are puff adders, I think. Uh, yeah, these are puff adders. All the different variations in puff adder coloration in Africa. You can see all the different same species, variably different in pattern and color. And then, oh, this is a cool behavior. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I but, felt like such an idiot. What? <laughs> I thought there was a bug in the cage with this snake. Like I watched <laughs> it three times and I'm like, they were just going to let this bug crawl all over the snake. What is wrong with these owners? And they're taking the video. Like I was getting indignant for this animal. And then I read the caption. <laughs> it is, it is caudal luring, which is when they use the tip of their tail to lure in food. This is yeah. a death adder from Australia using its tail wiggling it around its head and its mouth, hoping to bring in something to try and eat what they think is a bug. Yeah. And then the death adder grabs it. Yeah. Um, Once I read the caption, it was totally fine. But Green tree pythons will do this. Several snakes will do caudal luring. The the one that is the most obvious is the uh, the spider tail viper or whatever it is. Well, that everyone snapping turtles. Well, it's their- not caudal. That's, oh, that's that a same. different. But okay. the the spider tailed one that with the tail looks like a little spider. And they move it around on their head like a little spider walking around. I've never seen that. You've 100% seen it because I've shown it on here and you've been here. Oh, okay. I'll find a video of it in a minute. I it's, a, it's the most amazing <laughs> coddle tail luring it's, one. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It looks creepy almost. It looks like a little insect. Okay. But yeah, alligator temperatures use their tongue, which is not... Yeah. So it's the same thing, but it's... Same same premise though. Yeah. You're going to catch it. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I saw this float around in a couple places, but apparently in Missouri there was a deer where it said painted pet on the side of it. Do you know who this makes me think of? Who? Douglas Ray White. <laughs> in his, in his, this is something that Douglas Ray White would do, I believe. I honestly don't think they were putting pet on there. I think they were saying, please eat this. And so they were just saying, <laughs> they were letting you know what to shoot and what to eat. Is that, is that it? That's what it was. That's all it was. But I do have to wonder the process it took of this person painting this deer. Like this deer I mean, obviously there. the deer is comfortable around the person because they were able to let someone spray paint them. Yeah. It has a collar on too. Yeah, that's not going to keep it from getting shot. Oh, I totally didn't yeah, see no. the collar. That's definitely Again, still going to get shot. It's tolerant right enough. That's what this makes me think of. Yeah. yeah, this is going to get shot much faster because yeah. it's going to walk up to the person and they're just going to lay it oh. out. Ugh. Uh, guys... Don't don't own pet deer. If you own pet deer, like if you're a deer ranch, that's different. They have high fences. Their deer stay inside of there. But uh, Paul Buffett said, I saw a deer at a ranch that had a collar and a bell on it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't own. Now, I can't. I will say legally you can't own a pet deer unless certain circumstances exist. You have to have permits and all. Um, but you see so many people that will find like a baby deer or a fairy, baby possum or a baby raccoon. Like, I'm going to raise it. I'm like, no, don't do that. One, it's illegal. You can't yeah. tend to can't own native quadrupeds without a license. Two, there's a lot of negative things. So this is a male deer. Uh, there's going to be times of the year where this thing is horribly dangerous. I don't care how much you think it loves you. Yeah, it's um, going to mess you up if you're not careful. He's mentally going to change for a few months and try to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen it, I've seen deer. I've seen it happen. Uh, it's not good. Same thing with raccoons. I've seen it happen with raccoons. They look wonderful and cuddly, and if they're males, there's a certain time of the year where they are no longer wonderful and cuddly, and they will attack you. So, just throwing that out there. 
don't own don't try to own wildlife uh pet python bites oh <laughs> pet python bites owner after mistaking her for a rat and it says still loves her how's that a story i hate headlines <laughs> like this how's that a story Loathe the headlines like this but you know what that's not nearly as bad as like pet dog attacks and kills small child but like that's that's not gonna get as much coverage as pets mm-hmm. like that's no because they see snake and automatically are and if it bit the person that's a hundred percent on the person. Oh you yeah, you can one hundred percent feed a snake and not get bitten. Uh huh. So, uh, what is this? Oh, low flying helicopter sparks massive crocodile orgy in Australia. I read what? that article. So there were low flying helicopters, and basically, the there what they think happened. It was as it was flying over a river where a lot of the crocodiles had gathered. They think that the low hum and vibrations oh, from yeah. the helicopters uh. stemmed the response in the males, which then started this or, like massive frenzied or, me out. mating thing. Or it's a large group of voyeur crocodiles who love when people are watching. <laughs> And they finally got I'm a crowd. Go with the article's theory is probably correct. Oh, that theory is just as right as mine. You don't know. Whatever. You don't know. <laughs> they could just like to be watched. You don't know. But yeah, so they think that's that it was they were just too low and that the vibrations are what stemmed it. And it was one of those situations where like once it started, it just kind of like. Yeah, I think mine's more realistic. Rippled through. They just like to be watched. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is an awesome one. Jason Moore posted of a I'm not going to mispronounce that name, but it's a pygmy chameleon from Western Kenya. It looks like a leaf. Well, that's kind of the goal. It does. That's kind of the goal. And they are pygmy chameleons. I was going to say, so they're small. like teeny tiny, aren't so they? So small. So small. Crazy. Uh, this is an interesting one. It is a spider versus a wasp. Oh, wow. Um, Have you watched this? Yeah, yeah, you, d- So you know how it ends? Oh, it doesn't end well for the spider. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so watch. The, the spider is actually buried underneath the sand. And so this wasp is looking for the spider. It's finding find the niche. It's actually going to dig this spider out. What? Yeah. This is dedication right here. So he's digging down in the sand to find the spider. Because it's going to kill it, I would imagine. I don't remember, but most likely lay eggs inside of it. That happens a lot. Like their oh, daubers do this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard um, of wasps that do this. So it's gonna flip and over. And when the eggs hatch, oh, I do remember. They eat it. It does. Okay, it's got a surprise ending. You'll like it. Uh, normally, the wasp wins these fights. Uh, ah. The spider's bite could kill the wasp. The wasp sting could kill the spider. Jeez. So the two are. If you've not watched this video, I highly recommend going over to the Reptile Gumbo Podcast discussion page, group. discussion group yeah. on Facebook, because... Uh, You're about to see why it's called a wheel spider. Holy moly. It's, it's this a, is what? terrifying. <laughs> it's a crazy fight. What? And this then, doesn't look real. And a way to get out of there, it turns into a wheel and rolls <gasps> right down the, the sand dune. That's the things nightmares are made out of, guys. It right looks there. like a crab. And that wasp was left. What? It can't see it. And so, yay, the spider made it. It didn't get killed by the wasp. That's wonderful. And the wasp goes on to find another spider and go kill it. That is so crazy. And then the lizard eats the spider. <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh, I was just about to ask you if a bird was about to swoop in. Out of nowhere. Oh lizard just runs up and eats the spider. Love oh, the ending. Oh, gosh. It was a great one. That's a James kind of uh, right there. We're, that was a weird one. Travis posted about a person dressed as an iguana. We're going to skip right past that one. <laughs> Uh, female frog frogs fake their own death to avoid male mating advances. This is a pretty that's a pretty funny article. Did you read? Yeah. Oh, not, that's basically all it like, talks about. That's it crazy. talks about how like scientists have observed what they appear to be the frog dying 
And then like the male basically leaves her alone and goes in search for another female. And then like once the male is gone, she gets up and goes on about her way. Okay. I know it was great. I, that's so funny. It's so crazy. I'm, I'm just like, man. <laughs> crazy extremes here. This is an interesting trapdoor spider. It actually builds its trapdoor under the tide line. So like when the high tide is in, the trapdoor spider's inside, and when the low tide, it can come out. That's kind of cool. You have to be really confident in your trapdoor skills wow. so that you don't like flood a, your burrow and drown. Yeah. Is it like a diving bell spider that has like a little bubble of air that it puts with it? I don't know. Those are neat ones. The little diving bell spiders are pretty cool. Yeah, those are so cool. I'm trying to read through the through all of this. Um Constructs its burrows beneath the marine high tide line. Apparently our child can hear us from the other room because she just texted. She goes, could you imagine if humans did that like frogs? All the guys in the world would be so confused. Um, the burrows are lined with silk, which apparently provides a reliable barrier against salt water, preventing the sea from oh, wow. entering the burrow from the tide, from the oh, high that's tide. Neat. Uh, so that's kind of cool. There's a whole that's lot cool. more. I'm sure it gets very interesting, but. I'm not going to try to read all that right now, but go read that. It's very interesting. Did you watch this video? That I did posted? see this. Uh, it is Robert Irwin, Steve Irwin's son. Um, proud to announce that they had a successful hatching of Irwin's turtles, mm -hmm. which were first discovered by Steve Irwin in the wild. I know. I was so oh. excited about this video. Um, so that was kind of cool. There's a picture of Steve Irwin with the turtles in the wild. But yes, the Irwin's turtles. And a little baby Irwin turtle. It's so cool. And someone commented on my picture from forever ago of my baby ball pythons, which, yes, I've read ball pythons. Oh. We'll just skip that. Yeah. Ball pythons suck. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't find I got it. I'll find it later. I'm going to show you the, the spider. If no one's ever seen a spider yeah, turtle viper, you got to. Definitely show me later. I will post yeah. it in the group for it's, everybody. It's to the watch. weirdest thing. It, it looks like a spider and it crawls it around. It looks just I don't like know, a spider. No, no, I'm going to pull it up. Hold on. Spider tailed oh viper. We found a video. You could just show me later. Oh, I could, but I could also do this. Oh my gosh, Katie, uh, you should text your daughter back and say that I think the males would just like fly a low, you know, helicopter and try to see if that would help with the ladies. So help. <laughs> just need to fly the helicopter. That's it. What is it? Isn't it like with uh? Isn't it ball pythons? I'm sure maybe other snakes too. But like when they won't eat or go to the bathroom, people like put them on top of the dryer or take them for a car ride. When they won't eat, yeah, you can take them for a car ride or use a vibrator. And the yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen people use that on bearded dragons. So look, that are constipated. That, that's his tail. This thing that looks like a spider. No way. And so the tail looks like a moving spider, like a prey. And then uh, you can see the head above it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Eyes, uh, the little scales above the eye. That is so bizarre. Oh, hold on. Back up. Wow. Yeah, it looks like a bug. So it's moving around. And then all of a sudden this bird comes in to that eat it. That is creepy. And bam. How realistic yeah. that looks. Yeah. Craziness. So that's caught alluring at its best. Well, you're not going to see any of that at World Reptile Day. But you will be able to see Jessica, her awesome books, her daughter's <laughs> amazing bracelets and jewelry that she's made. And feed tortoises. I'm going to send you with cash so you can go over and buy stuff for me. Because yeah. I won't be there. I'll be there. You can buy presents. You can do your Christmas shopping. Okay. Yeah. I'm all for getting that over with. Yes. <laughs> So you've got a crazy busy schedule. I know that I keep up with you on Facebook, but if people wanted to keep up with you, how what would be the best way for them to do that? 
either Facebook or my website, jessicaleeanderson.com. Um, and I'm, I'm on a couple different socials and I just joined cold, uh, blooded media. Wait, what is it? Cold blooded. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm on a couple different social sites, but Facebook I'm active on Instagram, all the, all the big ones, I think. That's awesome. Paul asked if you were going to be at the Austin show. Yes, I am going to be at the Austin show. Austin. So I, I just booked and, uh, got that confirmed. I'll be there in December and again in April. That's awesome. Are you going to be there, Paul? Probably. You have to message. I hope so. I think he'll be there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just read the comments. We'll they're, all, they're on they're on one tonight. Let me tell you. We've had some fun, <laughs> fun conversation. I need to do a show soon. I need to get rid of some baby snakes. It sounds like a plan. I got, a, I got another snake coming in tomorrow. So our friends, uh, for anybody listening, our friends over at Colossal Constrictors who have been, done giveaways for us before. I'm getting a new snake from them tomorrow. Yeah, I'm but losing my closet again. It may go in, no. in the bedroom, not the closet. We'll see. Oh, it go on that shelf. Yeah. Yes, that's even better. Uh, <laughs> they're wanting to do a giveaway. Let's see, we're probably gonna, we'll probably post the giveaway this week. It'll probably last for the next month or so. Um, but they're going to give away a shirt, one of our shirts. They're going to give away a Reptile Pogombo podcast shirt, um, and we'll give away some stickers with it. And then they're also going to do a giveaway in December. We haven't completely talked about the, the prizes yet, but they're going to give away something each week in December. Yep. Just like they did last year. They gave away the temp gun for every week of December. Everybody won a temp gun each week. They're going to do a giveaway each week of December for us on our podcast. So listen out for that one. But they are going to be doing a giveaway for one of our Reptile Gumbo podcast shirts. Somebody out there can get a chance to win that. We'll post. We haven't decided yet what you got to do to win it, but we'll post that soon. That's coming from our friends over at Colossal Constrictors, who I just got my message a little bit ago that it's been shipped out, and I'll get my snake tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I'm running out of space. I'll be at the dentist in the morning with our child, so you have fun with that. I'll be sleeping. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll sit at the... That's another thing. Anybody gets anything shipped, have it shipped to your nearest hub, oh, not yeah, your yeah, house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hub, not house. Uh, unless I had to ship something to one person once, the closest hub was like 50 miles or 100 miles from the house. I do remember that. I was actually. like, okay, I'll ship it to your house. My, yeah. It's not going to the hub. But it's safer. It can sit at the hub. It won't get too cold, although... That's a weird thing to say lately. Things getting cold. It was actually cold last night. Yeah, the low tonight is like in the forties. Looking forward to that. That's what it was last night. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it, felt it was. Great. Awesome. We when we when we went for our walk last night, our dog when we got back, she was like super energized and wasn't acting like she was dying. And like this afternoon when we went, and <laughs> well, I mean, after three months of triple done. digits, it's amazing to have something in the forties. Oh, absolutely. So. Anyways, yes, if you are interested, you should definitely get the books. If you have anybody in your family, any kids in your family that are into reptiles, even if they're not, get them this books book. Books make the best Christmas presents. I mean, maybe not for me, but for other people, <laughs> they totally do. They totally do. Um, the best. Once once it's turned into a movie, I'll, I'll, I'll see it. Whatever. But uh, definitely. This reach series out. could easily, in my opinion, be made into like one of those like Netflix kids cartoons. Yeah, like a six, six episode. Yes. Like it's the perfect it's the perfect application for them because it covers everything that most of those little cartoon shows cover. We haven't watched that Netflix snake movie. The little kid. No, it was a kid movie haven't. cartoon with a snake. We haven't watched, or I don't think that one comes out until no, 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 Thanksgiving. There's a new one that comes out. Oh, that's the one with Adam Sandler with class pets. Yeah. Where he's a class pet. Where he's a lizard. Mm -hmm. No, but there was the one with like the Australian snake. Back to the Outback. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, that's cute. Oh, we've seen it twice. We haven't watched Maybe that Maybe three one times. Yet. I haven't watched that one yet. I need to watch that. It's a long it's, list it's of good. stuff we haven't watched yet that we need to just sit down and watch. So, but anyways. I think that's it. I'm 
You good? Yeah. Okay. If you need a rack or anything, be sure to reach out to Robert. Or Lone Star Reptiles. Lone Star Reptiles. Check out LSRepteleRacks.com. Reach out to the Herp Shows if there's anything there oh, you want to check out. I completely forgot VivTech. Oh, yeah. If Erica's going to be texting. I know. You. If you need LED UVB bulbs, so UVB bulbs that last longer than the regular six months of those crappy other bulbs, check out VivTech products for your LED UVB bulbs and use code GUMBO22 to save... 15%? I think it's 15%. I think it's time for you to eat dinner, babe. I think it's, I think it's 15%. <laughs> I, I was really afraid I was going to say a higher number, and then Eric was yelling at me. But I'm pretty sure it's Gumbo 22, say 15% I think you're on, on your bulbs. Or smart devices. They have all those smart monitor devices and cameras and all the sorts of stuff you want to keep up with your animals. Mm-hmm. Check out VivTech products. Go give them a holler. Use our code so we can make some money. So Katie will leave me alone about this cost of money. Yes. Uh, anyways, thank you all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Jessica, stick around Jessica, for just yeah, a minute. Hang around. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Our guest next week also wrote a book. That's right. Just a teaser for next week. Yep. Anyways, we'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Good night.